Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of NBA DFSA, a podcast by Sports Ethos. I am your host, Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at Ethos Keith. I had to restart there. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit off my, my game here, but I uh, want to talk to you guys about this four-game slate here in DFS uh, on DraftKings. And, man, it is so much better than the 13-game monsters. You just can't watch all that basketball as much as I want to. And believe me, I watched a lot of it tonight. Uh, my eyeballs hurt. <laughs> uh, I can't watch any more of it. So four games is a lot more manageable. I wish they would even out a little bit. Maybe make you know seven, eight game slates all the time, with like some fives and sixes and maybe some tens or elevens. But you know, a thirteen game slate followed by a four game slate. Sure, let's do that. Anyways, Toronto Raptors at the Philadelphia 76ers. We do have a. I'm on Fanduel here because DraftKings doesn't have any uh, lines up yet. But Fanduel has eight point five. For the spread in favor of the Sixers uh, going to win this game. And the totals at 216.5. Yeah, I think, you know, the Raptors are in a back-to-back. Um, they're a rough offensive team. I know they just blew out the Bucks and had a nice game and shot the ball well. But you can't count on it every, you know, every single game. You're going to have good shooting nights. You're going to have bad shooting nights. Scotty Barnes at 21 against the Bucks, and you know it is against the Bucks, who are typically a pretty stout defense but I actually think I kind of buy the Sixers as a better defense I mean I don't even know if I'm gonna say kind of I, I really do I think they have the length uh and the athleticism across the board on that on that Sixers team you know is Joel Embiid uh they've got Kelly Oubre Jr. they've got um you know obviously D'Anthony Melton off the bench I mean they've got some nice defensive pieces there in uh, Philadelphia that I think can give these Raptors problems, especially in the second half of a back-to-back, right? So I'm on, I'm on the under here, 216.5. I think um, it will go under. I think, you know, looking at this squad, I mean, Maxi can, you know, obviously go off against the Raptors anytime um, on the Sixers here I'm looking at now. I don't see that happening. You know, I, I just think the Raptors are also a really stout defensive team and they're going to give the Sixers problems as well on that side of the ball. So, uh, you know, if it's, I'm, I'm playing Embiid. Like, I think Embiid is a good play. Um, the Raptors have Pirtle now. If you want to play Pirtle, I get it. He's had a good game and um, he's probably going to be on the floor here at Degar Embiid. They don't have Precious. They don't have Coloco. They do have Mobamba. Oh, yeah, that's not us. He's on Philadelphia. Sorry. They don't have Coloco. They don't have Precious Achiwa. So I, I really don't see uh, who else is going to try to challenge Joel Embiid. That being said, we know that Joel Embiid gets opposing starting centers into foul trouble. So if that happens to Pirtle, um, I mean, you could be looking at a floor game here. And, you know, it's not necessarily terrible. He scored 14 points, uh, but that was in 19 minutes. I mean... He dealt with fall trouble there uh, in Chicago. Against Chicago, I should say. So 14 points, uh, DK points in that game in 19 minutes. Um, I mean, that's pretty bad, but that's I don't think it'll even get that bad, but it could be like 20. You know, he's got a 20.25 DK point game here. Uh, actually, last time I played Philadelphia, which is pretty funny, but uh, something like that I think could be in line here uh, up against, you know, uh, Joel Embiid. Um, in that game, he only had two personal fouls, but it's, it, it's just, you know, from game to game, depends on what the refs are calling, depends on, 
uh, how aggressive Joel Embiid's being. It depends on just a lot of different things. Um, you know, are they mirroring um, Joel Embiid's minutes with Pirtle's minutes? I mean, of course, they probably are. But, you know, there, there's just a lot of things that go into that. So I don't know um, if I buy that he's, you know, going to stay out of foul trouble. I think it's a possibility here. I think, you know, obviously, like I said, there's a ceiling there for Pirtle because um, he will be on the floor a whole heck of a lot. Minutes are absolute gold in DFS. So I get the play. I'm not going with that. I'm going the other way. I'm playing Embiid. Uh, at 11-5. And I just think, you know, anytime Pearl's out of the game, he's just going to destroy them down low. Um, you know, no James Harden in Philadelphia anymore. And everyone is focused on getting those other tertiary, you know, secondary pieces around Embiid. And that's fine. I get that. They get bumps too without James Harden there. But Embiid gets a bump. I mean, he's going to have massive usage. We see the assists climbing. Uh <laughs> Just an incredible game. Wow. So 35 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 blocks, 2 steals. Of course, that was against Trailblazers. Uh, it was a big win. 29 minutes also he played. Um, I mean, you know, look, before that 63.25 DK points, I mean, the, the ceiling's just massive here. And I just think, you know, the matchup dictates that. If I'm going to go with a spend up here, I know it's the most expensive play out of sight. And I know it limits you somewhat in what else you can do. But I like a lot of guys around the 4-5 to maybe 5-5, five, five, uh, you know, 5.5 DK, uh, sorry, $1,000 range here on DK. So I'm really not concerned about it. I think Phil, I think Joel Embiid is a smash play, and I'm just going to go, gonna roll with it here. Detroit and Pelicans, um, I mean, I have some some thoughts there, I suppose, I suppose but uh, there's a lot of question marks right now. I don't really want to give you guys any plays from that game just because I, I just don't know. If Jalen Duran's playing, that will kind of change a lot of the way that I script this game. So, I mean, if Duran plays, it, it it's going to be tough because, you know, obviously the Pelicans are really big as well. So, it's a tough matchup for him. I don't know if I'm going to play him. He just had kind of a dud, and everyone's kind of expecting a bounce back here. But um, I do think this is a tough matchup for him, so I'm not sure if I play Duran here. Uh, even if he does play, if he doesn't play... Um, I mean, I think, you know, we saw what they did in, in the game tonight. I mean, Wiseman got six minutes. I'm not playing him. Just no way. I, y'all know I'm a, a Wiseman defender, <laughs> which I'm the last one remaining on the entire planet. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how long I, I hold on to that. Hopefully he gets another chance somewhere soon. But, uh, 33 minutes for Marvin Bagley is the thing that's popping out to me here. Didn't have a good game against the Blazers. Uh, just shot three of 10. And over two from distance, but the 33 minutes, like I said, you know, minutes are gold. Uh, he'd be somebody I'd be heavily looking at if I knew for a fact uh, that Duran's going to be out. But I don't know that, so you know, it's hard for me to tell you guys what to do here. Um, also, Thompson probably priced out. I probably don't want him anymore. We were all over him, but no, looking no good anymore. And uh, hey, look, I know I have some good calls, some bad calls. It, it's a process, right? We want to look at the board and try to get our takeaways from each player we want to take our, our data points and you know it's been a bit of a rough start in dfs for me i'm not gonna lie but uh at the end of the day you know um we take those data points we take them back and you know you go through cold streaks you go through hot streaks especially when you play single entry gpps like i do so i'm really not overly concerned um but yeah anyways that's all i'm gonna hit on for the detroit uh for the pelicans i mean I was on Zion against the Thunder because I really thought he was going to go bananas, and he had a good game, but it wasn't it wasn't bananas like I was hoping for. Um, Brandon Ingram, 
maybe out in this one again. We'll have to see. So that's another huge question mark. If he's out, I mean, maybe I'll have some interest in Hawkins um, at 4,600. Had a couple of nice games uh, without, you know, B.I. In, in the lineup there. Herb Jones might be on the table for me there. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's hard to trust anyone kind of else here. I mean, Matt Ryan has been getting minutes here and there. I mean, he's been getting minutes, but he's not doing anything with them. You know, I said minutes are golden, but it depends. I mean, you have to have quality minutes, right? So I don't know if I want to necessarily go there. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., intriguing as heck at 4,300. He does contribute across the board. Theoretically has a safe floor. Um, but, you know, I, I think you could honestly skip this game entirely. I'm, I'm not against that at all. Um, actually, I can give you a spread or anything like that. So um, the spread for that game was 7.5 in favor of the Pelicans. And it's 219 for the game total, um, which is actually the second lowest on the slate. First lowest being the Sixers and Raptors, which is why I will not stack that game, by the way. I don't think you should stack that Raptors-Sixers uh, game. I think it is going to be pretty low scoring. Um, but yeah, Pistons you know, and Pelicans, the second least appealing uh, on the slate. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling too much of this here. But I will keep abreast of that situation, all those plays I said. You know, if we know Duran's going to be out, if we know B.I.'s going to be out, um, they'll definitely be on the table. All right, third game here. And, you got, hey, if you don't already have it, the NBA Fantasy Pass, it has everything you can want for fantasy. I mean, just crazy stuff. All the in-season tools we just launched. Um, you know, like like you look up, you look at your matchup in real time, head-to-head tracker, all that good stuff. I mean, there's just so much good uh, things that Andre has developed that are going to help me win my leagues. Uh, daily projections are something I'll be using very heavily, obviously with DFS and with player props. So you need to get it. It's just incredible. These things, I mean, I, you know, I've had projections before and it took forever for them to get live on the site. But with the sports ETHOS projections, I went here as soon as the slate opened. You know, the games ended at, what, 1230? I looked at it at about 1 o'clock in the morning, my time. And everything's up. Even, you know, all the projections for the next day are already up. It's just crazy. It's, it's awesome, man. So go get it. Come hang out with me. Every week I give you my thoughts on all 30 NBA teams as part of just a thread in the Discord. So that's a little something there. Dan Bassus is in there dropping knowledge. Anyways, I'm going to shut up about it. Let's get on to Orlando. Magic at Utah Jazz. I am excited about this one. This is actually going to be a pretty good game. Um, and we do have a one-point spread in favor of the Magic right now. A 222.5 game total. This is on DK I'm looking now. So it might be a little different on FanDuel. Apologize. I was hopping back and forth there a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be a fun game, man. I think, you know, there's quite a few players I actually like in this one. Um, you know, Big Care at 7,300 definitely appeals uh, to me just given the matchup here with Utah. I didn't wind up on him in my dummy lineup here. I, I want to spend up, obviously, on Embiid. And I kind of just filled my roster with a bunch of, like, Four to six thousand dollar guys. Uh, so go ahead and take your guess at who those people are. But uh, but Bancaro definitely should be uh, in your player pool. I think there's no reason to fade him entirely. Uh, Markel Fultz is the guy that stuck out to me at fifty five hundred. Again, just a nice matchup here. Has a sloppy point guard on the other side in Tht, who's gonna choke the ball, turn the ball over a bunch. Uh, I think he had what five turnovers signed, if I want to recall. So. Hopefully that'll work in our favor here. We can get some full steals. Um, but the assists are going to be there. And hopefully we get points as well. Um, I mean, he's a big 
kind of hit or miss guy. There's a lot of variance here in what, he, what he's going to score. But the nice games are really nice. And over 30 minutes in the last two. Um, yeah, I'm feeling it, man. I'm hoping that he plays his full allotment of minutes here. And, uh, you know, we can have a competitive game between the Jazz and the Orlando Magic. So uh, a couple other guys I do like. Another guy that stood out to me is, uh, and I hate to say it, because just Wendell Carter Jr., 5,700. Um, not that I hate Wendell at all. It's just he's just so boring. Like there's nothing to like about his game. It was not like you know I liked watching basketball. It was like it wasn't a torture to watch him play, but it wasn't inspiring. I mean, it just nothing really popped. You know, the athleticism didn't, didn't really pop for me. Um, shot making, you know, ability to create his own shot, none of it. You know, defense, n- nothing really jumped out to me. Like it was all just average. So I'm sorry, Wendell. I love you, but I feel like you just totally average, dude. But 5700 is a pretty good price <laughs> for a guy that's going to get... Uh, it looks like 30-plus minutes on a nightly basis. He had 30 in the last one, 35 in the one before that. Um, just short of the double-double in every game he's played uh, this season. The blocks have not been there, which is a real bummer. So hopefully, you know, those blocks can start falling. Hopefully some threes can start falling as well. He was shooting threes at a higher rate last season. And he's only taken, it looks like, uh, two or three a game, so 2.5 a game probably is the average there, uh, which, you know, is not very high. I want to say last season it was probably in the the threes. It was a little bit higher. So hopefully, you know, he can start feeding himself a little bit more from distance here. Uh, He can grab those 10 rebounds before he gets those 10 points uh, and and get a couple of blocks. And, you know, then we're cooking here. He hasn't had a good game yet this season, so ownership should be relatively low. So I do like him in a GPP. I think there's, um, I mean, it's not a lot of risk at 5,700, honestly. So I think you can roll with him in cash as well. Um, with it being a four-game slate, you know, obviously your, your options are limited, a little limited. There's going to be several centers I mentioned, though, so you don't have to play him. But he's, he's definitely in my player pool. Okay, so that's the magic. Uh, Utah Jazz. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about, about Walker Kessler. And uh, he's 6,000 on the slate. And we don't know when he's playing minutes, right? It's it's like the ultimate risk-reward play uh, right now. Because the upside is just... I mean, he had, I think, what, 40 DK points or so? Yeah, 40.75 DK points in 29 minutes in, in Denver. I mean, in, you know... And we, I asked, um, I think it was Tim with me, if this was the, you know, game where we're going to see Walker Kessler... Uh, play a lot of minutes and play re- really well because he's playing against uh, Jokic, which is a very unique kind of situation where he actually makes a lot of sense to be on the floor. And, you know, we didn't run with it. We should have a big game there um, against the Rip Memphis Grizzlies. T- uh, 18 minutes. I mean, the thing is, it was a blowout. I mean, they won the game, though. And you would think with him being a younger player, he'd, he'd be a part of that, but he just wasn't. There, there's some concern there. We just don't know when the minutes are coming or, or why or what the rhyme or reason is. Um, you know, we, I'll, I'll try to think about some theories here as to what they're trying to use him for and why they're keeping him his minutes low. I have a feeling we'll probably get news before I try to get to a, a working theory there, but hopefully I can figure something out. But uh, it puzzles me because his defense is great. Um, you'd think they want that on the floor. I don't know. It's crazy to me. But I do think, you know, he's he's definitely usable here in DFS. Um, 6,000 is, 
it, he's only 300 more than Wendell Carter Jr. And, and then the risk is baked into that. That's why. Uh, I mean, he should really probably be in the 7,000s um, for salary, just with, based on what his output can be. But if you want to be, you know, a naysayer and just Mr. or Mrs. Negative, uh, Kelly Olenek at 5,100 also stands out to me as a nice play here. Uh, as a pivot off of you know, Kessler there, but uh, I think you can roster either of those guys in a GPP. I think it's just way too risky to do it in any kind of cash settings. Um, I know Sexton just had a really big game. Maybe he can string some together. The minutes were still kind of low. I'm not buying into it. I, you know, that's the reason I'm fading it there. Just if he played 30 minutes or something like that. I mean, even so, this game was so like sideways i just don't i can't buy into it i can't um chris dunn is kind of i mean he's seen his minutes on the decline you know we're not sure it's just the rotation's just kind of shaky here so it's hard to say exactly who i know everyone's on Canty george for season long fantasy uh i'm not even there for season long and definitely not for dfs so i you know i think i have to fade those guys There's too many question marks for me but one guy i do like in their backcourt is Jordan Clarkson, 5,400. Always like him. He's always a nice guy, especially in these small slates. I mean, just the ability to go off and then just the, the relatively safe floor, um, you know, based on what other guys are priced in this range, it, it's usually worth it. So 5,400 for Jordan Clarkson. Um, we just saw him in the 6,000s. He's dropped. I love this price for him. So I'd go ahead and dra- grab me some Jordan Clarkson. Absolutely. Um, on the Jazz, I think he's a lock. I think he's probably, you know, if I was going to call anyone so far that we've talked about a lock, I would say that's my, my one lock there. So there you go. That's how strong I feel about it. Um, San Antonio Spurs at Phoenix Suns. This is an interesting one, too. Uh, fun game. We just saw these two teams square off, and the Spurs magically won against the Suns, which was awesome to see. Great to see young teams succeed. Um, eight points. The Suns are favorites here. I'm actually looking at FanDuel again. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I must have closed my DraftKings somewhere. Oh, no, there it is. So eight points on FanDuel as well. And then 226 is that game total on, uh, I'm sorry, DraftKings on DraftKings. Uh, it doesn't really matter where it comes from. They're all generally the same. I mean, they're they're pretty similar. But, yeah, this is the highest uh, game total on the slate. Everyone's expecting kind of a, a fun one here. Um, and, and I think, you know, I hope that the Spurs can, can stay in this one. I really do. Um... I think they'll try. I think they'll make it competitive. So I'll say that much. But um, ultimately, the Suns are the dominant team here. They should be the dominant team. They were dominating that game up, you know, and then the Spurs came back. Um, Booker's looking like he's trending towards playing. He's been upgraded to questionable. So if he does suit up, um, I really don't think the Spurs stand a chance. I think it's going to be fun maybe for the first half. And it's like third quarter. They come out and put him away or something like that. I just don't. I don't see, um, especially with the Suns being motivated by just taking a loss to this team, I don't see it happening again. But Wembenyama, the 7900, um, is always going to interest me. Um, the, 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 the upside is just massive, if you can ever just kind of put it together. Um, you know, we see flashes here and there. Um, we saw a 49-point DK uh, game, 49-DK point game um, in Game 2 against Houston. Um you know, getting there with, with the defensive stats, with rebounds, get double-doubles. Uh, he's got that upside. So it's really hard to ignore him completely. But I didn't end up with him on my, on my team here. So let me just put that out there. 
Um, I was all over Jeremy Sohan in the last one. I'm really not too into him here. Because uh, here's what I think the Suns do. I think the Suns, you know, if they've got um, Devin Booker out there, I mean, the scoring is going to come in bunches, and then they're going to play a Kogi a lot, which is why we'll talk about the Phoenix in a minute here, but a Kogi's definitely in my player pool. He might be the second lock for me. Um, but I really do think... You know, the Suns turn up that defensive intensity here. I think they kind of got a little, um, you know, got on their heels a little bit with that last one. Let it get away. Um, it's definitely not going to happen again. Kevin Durant's one of the leaders in that team. Uh, you know, we saw what they did with Team MSA. I just don't I don't see that team dropping two in a row to the Spurs. Uh, I think I'm going to put them away. Put them away early. So it's hard to get too excited about any of the Spurs here, to be honest. But there's one spur that I'm pretty darn excited about. And this is actually be my second lock. I'm sorry. This is my second lock here. I'm going to go ahead and lock this guy in. Trey Jones at 4,800. And he's not my favorite player um, in fantasy or, or anything like that. But 24 minutes in the last one. And I think it's pretty clear at this point that he the team is better with him at the point guard than Jeremy Sohan. And, you know, nothing against Sohan. I think Sohan... I think he's got the higher ceiling, absolutely. And I think it's smart of the Spurs to kind of just roll him out there and just see what, what happens. Um, but, you know, they will switch things up. And I, I do think, you know, with them trying to win this game, with this being, you know, a game that everyone's going to be watching because, you know, Victor Wombanyama's playing and uh, we've only got four games on the slate anyways and it's the last game of the night. Um, if they're serious about trying to win this game, I do think Trey Jones... Needs to play more than those 24 minutes he played in the last one. He put up 21 DK points in those 24 minutes. He had some, you know, in, in game two against Houston where they, you know, they won. Um, in 33 minutes, he had 29.5 DK points, which is pretty nice. I'll take that all day at 4,800 for sure. First game was just 25 minutes, and he had 31.75 DK points. So, uh, you know, he's shown the ability to put up stats in bunches in, in short time periods, and... I really do think, you know, they have to try to get this kid on the floor a little bit more. And, and again, I'm not a huge fan. Um, it's, it's weird to say that. It's not like I'm not, you know, I just don't think he, I think he's a fine point guard. I think he's a good backup point guard. I just think he's better than Jeremy Sohan at this point. So if they really are wanting to win the basketball game, he's going to get some extra minutes. So that's a little bit of speculating on my part, but also it just feels like there's a general push for that. Um, you know, in NBA fandom, um, now that, that might mean, that might mean nothing. To Popovich probably does mean nothing to Popovich, but he sees the same things we see, and yeah, that's my theory. Um, and I'll leave it at that. So there you go. I like Trey Jones a whole lot. I think even if he hits that you know kind of floor game where he gives us eighteen to twenty DK points, it's still not going to kill you. It's not going to sink you. So he's a safe play, uh, and he's also a high upside play in my opinion. Um, so that's the Spurs. Last team here is the Suns, and. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant, I think, yeah, you can put him in your player pool for sure. I'll never falter for that. Devin Booker coming back as well. I think those guys will split up some usage there, so I'd rather spend up a little bit to get to Embiid, honestly, than Durant. I think if you land on Booker, that makes more sense to me, personally. Um, But yeah, I already told you guys, I mean, I'm playing a Kogi. Playing a Kogi here. I think he's going to play a pivotal role. I think the defense and the rebounding, you know, with Booker could Booker's going to be in there, um, which means Allen, less of a playmaker. I'm not as high on Allen. Uh, less, don't need Goodwin at all. I wouldn't play Goodwin. Uh, and Eric Gordon, I mean, he's probably the other guy I would possibly play. But 
you know, maybe fewer shots coming. He just had two good games, and I know there's nothing to that. You know, there's no guarantees gonna. It's like, oh, he's gonna have a bad game now. We just all kind of get that feeling, right? Where it's like, okay, he's had a couple of good ones now. He must be due. Um, but that's really it. I mean, you know, I would look at Eric Gordon and I would look at Josh Kogi. I'm going Josh Kogi. He's a whole thousand dollars cheaper. I think he fills a better role whenever Devin Booker is in that lineup. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's what I'm going with there. I think, you know, if you end up on Nurkic, that's uh, not great. I'm not, I'm not loving Nurkic here. Um, and really, uh, I was looking at some of these cheaper guys, and you think maybe I could fit a mini, you know, Watanabe and, and Nazir Little. They've been getting minutes here and there, but, you know, with Booker coming back, uh, and even so, they're, the minutes they're getting uh, just not enough to, to matter. So that's going to do it for us, guys. That is your NBA DFS Today podcast uh, for, oh, what's tomorrow? Thursday slate. Uh, November 2nd. I am your host, Keith Cork. You can follow me on Twitter at, at ethoskeith. Go to sportsethos.com. I'm going to upload this and go to bed. You all have a wonderful night, and I will see everyone who subscribes in the morning. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.